You were listening to a message from The Exchange in Pearl, Mississippi. To find out more about The Exchange, go to www.theexchange.cc. Well, today also we're kicking off a brand new series, super excited about a new series we're calling The Everyday God, The Everyday God. Have you ever thought about the number of things that you do every day? Like there's some things that you do every single day of your life, sometimes without even thinking about them. Like every day um, you sleep, okay, which means that every day you wake up, or at least you hope you do, all right? Um, Every single day uh, you breathe, every single day you blink, every single day you interact with your cell phone, some of you a little more than you should, okay, but you do that every day. Every day you eat, you consume food, some of us more than others, all right? But every day we're consuming food. Why do we do that? Why do we, every day, we understand that. We consume food every day because that food on daily, okay, gives us strength, nourishment, energy to carry out the life that we live. But we do those things every day, sometimes even without thinking, understanding the significance or the foundation that they lay for our daily life. Well, let me ask you this. Do you live with a daily dependence on God, okay? Now, the church answer is, oh, yeah, 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 I do, okay? But I'm serious. Do you live with a daily dependence on God outside of Sunday, all right? What if I could tell you, what if you could know and experience the power and the presence of God every day? What if you could know and experience the power and presence of God every day? I'm not talking about it 60 minutes on a Sunday, but I'm talking about every day of your life, you could know the same power and presence of God, maybe that we felt just a moment ago as we sang. The reality is you can. You can know the power of God every single day. God's made a way through the person of the Holy Spirit. That's what we're going to talk about over the next few weeks together is God's presence, God's power in our lives through the person of the Holy Spirit. Ran across a quote recently I want to show you on the screen today, and it posed this question. Is Christianity more of a set of beliefs to which you adhere and a lifestyle to which you conform, or is it a dynamic relationship in which you walk with the Spirit and move in His power? As you read that today, I want you to ask yourself that question for your life. Is Christianity more of a set of beliefs that you've just adopted? Is it just a lifestyle that you said, man, I'll try to live this way? Or is it a daily relationship where you walk with God and his spirit in his power every day? Man, my hope over the next few weeks is that we begin to understand that God is not a Sunday morning experience, but God is an everyday presence in your life and in mine. He is not a Sunday morning confinement, but he is an everyday presence and power that we can live in in our lives. There's so many people who believe, man, I got to get to this moment right here that we're in. Like you got to get to this moment to get you some God. And and man, you hope that you can get it in that 60 minutes, be among God's people. Is he here? I believe he is. But those people can totally miss the reality that God is with you every day, that God wants you to know his power, his presence in your life every single day. Today, as we get the conversation started, if you have a copy of scripture, I invite you to open up to John chapter 14. 
John chapter 14 in the New Testament. We're going to have a lot of scripture today, okay? So we're going to be all over the map. We're going to start in John 14. If you are a note taker, today is your day, all right? I got a lot coming your way. You ain't going to be able to write or type as fast as I talk today. That's my promise to you today. Man, if you're not a note taker, guess what? Today's your day, okay? You coming in and you're going to write down something in your living room today here. Here's why. Why? But we write it down because you, you don't got 30 minutes to waste and I don't have 30 minutes to waste either, all right? So, man, our hope is that God to impart something to us today through his word, all right, and through whatever little feeble words I got to say, that God would teach us something. And so we write it down so that we understand it. There's a lot to say today, so I'm going to need you to listen fast, okay? In our culture, when we think about the Holy Spirit, we can have a lot of different thoughts and ideas about this Holy Spirit, don't we? Okay, when I said it a second ago, some of you went here, some of you went here, all right? So I want to kind of help us understand the Holy Spirit. We got our ideas shaped by a lot of different stuff, okay? We come from a lot of different places, a lot of different backgrounds. For some of you, it was a church that you went to with your grandparents growing up, and it shaped the way that you think about the Holy Spirit. Or it was a church that you watched on TV, or it was a book that you read because somebody gave it to you, and you thought that you should read it, and you just accepted it all as truth. Or maybe it was a coworker who continually tells you what you should think about God and what you should think about the Holy Spirit, and you bought into that. Okay? There's a lot of different ideas that we can have about the Holy Spirit. So here's my promise to you, not only to talk fast, but my promise to you is this. Rather than basing this series on some man-made ideas and experiences, we're going to put it on the Word of God. All right? The infallible, eternal Word of God, and we're going to let the Word speak about who the Spirit is and what the Spirit does in our life. Now, before we can understand who the Holy Spirit is and what He does, I'm going to first lay the foundation of who He's not who the Holy Spirit is not. And some of us, we're going to have some light bulbs going off over the next few minutes, okay? Let me give you some myths, okay? These are not true. These are myths about the Holy Spirit. I got five of them for you. Get your note-taking hands ready. Myth number one, the Holy Spirit comes and goes like goosebumps. The Holy Spirit comes and goes like goosebumps. Listen to me. Our ability to sense the Holy Spirit may come and go, but he does not, all right? The Holy Spirit does not come and go like goosebumps. Just because we cannot feel the Spirit's presence does not mean he's not there. It's the same way with a pregnant woman who's got a baby inside of her. Sometimes she feels that joker kick, and sometimes not as much. Is the baby still there? The baby's still there, all right? And it's in the same way as we walk with Jesus. Sometimes we're more aware of the movement of God's Spirit in our life, and sometimes not as much. But he is still there. Just because we don't feel him moving doesn't mean he's not there. Here's myth number two. The Holy Spirit just performs spectacular works. You know, like stuff you read in the Old Testament, like them crazy miracles. Listen to me. The Holy Spirit has the power to perform miracles and signs and wonders. We read it in Scripture. We see it happen in everyday life. It can happen. But the Holy Spirit does not just perform spectacular works. The Holy Spirit is giving to us to empower us in all things. In other words, the Holy Spirit will help you know when to have a hard conversation with your spouse. The Holy Spirit can prompt you on when you need to send a text to a friend to encourage them. The Holy Spirit can prompt you when you need to invite a coworker or a classmate to lunch to speak into their life. The Holy Spirit will tell you when you need to stop by somebody's house because they need to talk. The Holy Spirit empowers us both in the big things and in the seemingly small things that can sometimes make a big difference. Okay? Myth number three, the Holy Spirit is karma or a scary force. All right, listen to me. The Holy Spirit doesn't come from Star Wars or the Matrix. All right? The Holy Spirit is not there. 
Okay? The Holy Spirit is not some kind of karma or scary force. He's not sometimes good and sometimes bad. It's not that he's present with you on your good days, but then on that Monday when you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, he ain't there that day. No, he's there every day. Okay? He's not a scary force. It's not some superstition. Got it? Number four, myth number four, the Holy Spirit is just reserved for super Christians. Okay? Also myth, there are no super Christians. Okay? <laughs> Myth number four, the Holy Spirit is just reserved for super Christians. Some of you have believed, maybe right now, at some point in your life, that the Holy Spirit is just something that's given to preachers or like your grandma who's been following Jesus for 50 years, and she got the Spirit and you don't, okay? That's not what Scripture is going to teach us. When we see Jesus and the disciples doing miracles in the New Testament, sometimes we go, well, Jesus, I'm not like them. But what you got to remember is they were just like us. They were just like us. Now, they seem superhuman sometimes because they literally walked with Jesus in physical presence. But the Holy Spirit is a gift to all who would follow Jesus. It's not a level of Christianity that you achieve, but it's a gift and a person of God that you receive. Okay? Last myth, the Holy Spirit is an extra or optional part of our faith. Listen to me, the Holy Spirit is not a layer of God that you may or may not get to. It's not a level that you may or may not encounter. The Holy Spirit isn't an option, but the Holy Spirit is essential to the life of a believer. It's not like the, uh, the optional steak sauce that you may or may not put with your steak. The Holy Spirit is the steak. The Holy Spirit is God. And it is God's way of moving and working and speaking in our life in the big things and in the small things. You see, in Christian and faith circles, there are typically two different extremes when it comes to thinking about the Holy Spirit. Some of you may be on one end or the other right now. For some people, the Holy Spirit is in everything, okay? And they're always hearing from the Holy Spirit, always seeing the Holy Spirit in everything. They attribute everything to the Holy Spirit. Like, well, I was driving down the road on Friday, and I saw a cloud, and it was in the shape of a chicken, and I felt like the Spirit was telling me to have Chick-fil-A for lunch. <laughs> you know that person? Some people, that's it, okay? The Spirit is up in everything. That's one extreme. But there's a second extreme. Don't miss this one. The second extreme is people who would claim, man, I'm a follower of Jesus. I've been a Christian for 5, 10, 25, 35 years. I believe there's a Holy Spirit. I believe he floats out there somewhere. I've read some verses about him. We sing some songs that mention him sometimes. But I fail to live with a dependence on him in my life. And we could say that their relationship with the Holy Spirit is kind of like my relationship with my pituitary gland. I know I got one. I know it's in there somewhere. I think it's probably pretty important to my growth and my well-being, but I don't hang out much with my pituitary gland. We haven't talked recently. I haven't heard from it recently. But listen to me. I know it's essential for my life. And that describes how a lot of people relate to the person of God through the person of the Holy Spirit. I know he's there somewhere, but we don't relate a whole lot. And chances are maybe that describes a lot of people listening today, which is why I think over the next few weeks we need to learn through the truth of God's word what God's word says about God's spirit. 
And so over the next few weeks together, that's what we're going to do. We're going to answer some questions together, like how do I sense and know God's spirit? How do I live in the power of his spirit? How do I fight off temptation and sin through the power of God's spirit? But first, let's look at this. Let's look at why, when, and where did the Holy Spirit show up on the scene? Where did he come into history? In John chapter 14 that you've hopefully turned to, as Jesus nears the end of his ministry on earth, this is what Jesus tells his followers. Look at, look at it with me, John 14, verse 16. You can see it on the screen as well. It says, and I will ask the Father, this is Jesus speaking, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, verse 17, the spirit of truth. Now he says this further, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. See, Jesus had told his disciples that, hey guys, I'm, I'm going to be leaving soon. I'm not going to be walking among you. It's going to be you, and I'm not going to be physically present any, anywhere more right here. And what do the disciples do? They freak out, okay? Like kind of like when mom and dad left you for the first time. Where are you going? Like, how am I going to know what to do? Where are we going to know where to go? How are we going to know how to minister? And Jesus says, I got you. And he says to those disciples, just like he says to many of us who would choose to follow him for the centuries to come, he says, I'm going to pray as the son, I'm going to pray to God the father, and I'm going to pray that he would give you a helper, that he give you an advocate. And Jesus would go on to say this two chapters later, look at this one verse, John chapter 16, verse 7, Jesus says, but very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Well, how in the world is that true? Watch this. Unless I go away, the advocate, the spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus says the advocate, the helper, the comforter, the spirit will be for your good. Hear that today. Not to confuse you, but for your good. Then not long after Jesus speaks this, God the Father answers Jesus the Son's prayer, and the Holy Spirit is given to us in person. Scripture tells us God is Trinitarian in nature. What does that mean? That means he is three in one. God is Father, he is Son, and he is Spirit. Love to use this analogy to try to help us understand. It's hard to wrap our brain around, okay? It's a lot like water, right? Water can be liquid that we drink. It can also freeze up and be solid in the form of ice, or if you put it in the right conditions, it will turn into vapor that is a steam. Now, at its basic nature, what is it? It's water. But it takes on three different experiences, three different expressions. God, in the same way, is Father, He is Son, and He is Spirit. Three different expressions, but all at the basic nature is who? It's God. Now, some of you go... No, I can't explain that. That's, that's a little too hard to wrap my mind around. I don't know if I can fully believe that because that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Well, chances are you've never seen a million bucks either, have you? But if I offered it to you, I bet you'd take it. And I bet you'd believe it might have changed your life in some ways. I ran across a quote this week, and it said this, A God that is exhaustively understood by finite human beings is not one that is glorious enough to be worshipped. See, for some of you who go, i got to figure it out, listen to me, when you really get to know him, you'll never figure it all out. 
because there's so much to be understood about the person of God through his spirit. So hear me today. The Holy Spirit is not a power, but he is a person. He is a person. We should intentionally use that phrase, the person of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because that's who he is. You know what? Scripture never refers to the Holy Spirit as an it. So why would we? See, somebody that you never understand on a personal level, you'll never have a personal relationship with. But God says today, know my spirit who is in you, who is with you, and then walk that out in relationship. Here's one proof of scripture that the spirit is a person. Look at this, Acts 13 verse 2. It says this, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. The Holy Spirit said, Only a person would speak. The Spirit is a person. And when we understand somebody on a personal level, we begin to know what they are like. Okay, My wife reminds me frequently that the very first time that she met me, she thought I was quite arrogant and a little bit of a jerk. That's what she says. But she also thought I was funny, and obviously she knew I was good looking. Okay, Maybe she don't add that last part in there. I put that part in, okay? But the more I convinced her to hang out with me, all right, by God's grace, she began to see some other more positive characteristics about me, okay? The more you know somebody on a personal level, the more you begin to understand who they are and what they're like. So if Scripture tells us today that the Holy Spirit is a person, what is he like? What is he like? So I want to give you, in the next few minutes, I want to give you some characteristics or attributes of the Holy Spirit. And listen, as you begin to take notes on this, some of you can go, whoa, didn't I hear those? That's true about God. Those are characteristics about God. And guess what? Yes, they are. Because the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is God. And so today, as you hear these from Scripture, let it encourage you. These are the truths. These are the characteristics of an everyday God who's with you on Monday just like he is on Sunday, okay? Here we go. First, the Holy Spirit is omnipresent. He's omnipresent, meaning the Spirit is everywhere. The Holy Spirit is not bound by walls, by buildings, by space, or by time. In other words, the Holy Spirit doesn't just live at the church building. Some of you, that just blew your mind for all your life. You're like, i got to go to the church building to get some Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't live at the church building, but he can be here, and I believe he is here. The Holy Spirit isn't late. He's not early because the Spirit is always present everywhere. In Psalm 139, the psalmist wrestles with this question. God, where is your spirit? Look at the answer. Psalm 139, verse 7. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Well, if I go up to the mountains... You're what? You're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. Verse 9, if I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your hand will hold me fast. Conclusion of the psalmist, the Spirit is everywhere. He is omnipresent. The Holy Spirit is kind of like the Verizon guy. How many of you remember this guy right here? Show me the picture. Anybody remember that guy? Right? Some of you are going, I have no idea, okay? Like you don't watch TV. What you talking about, okay? That guy used to appear in commercials, and he would have his Verizon phone, and he would appear in all these different settings, and he would ask one question, and that question was, 
Can you hear me now? All right, now y'all waking up. You're acting like you don't watch TV, bunch of holy people, okay? Listen, he would show up in the mountains, and he'd have his phone. Can you hear me now? He'd be on the beach. He'd be in the car. He's in another country. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? What about now? Can you hear me now? And the answer was always, well, yes, because I got Verizon. And what I'm telling you today is that if you're in Christ, when you ask that of the Holy Spirit, can you hear me? Are you with me? The answer is yes. It's always yes, because he is omnipresent. He is with you everywhere. The Holy Spirit is with you at home and at work, just like he is in the gathering. The Holy Spirit is with you at school, at the grocery store, at the ball field. He's on your vacation. He's in your business meeting. He's on your Friday night date. He's with you in your depression. He's with you when you're overwhelmed. He's with you when life breaks. And he's there when you are overwhelmed and anxious. Have you ever thought, man, I just wish God was with me. I wish I knew he was present where I am in the middle of this right now. And can I tell you today that the word said he's there. He hasn't left. He is omnipresent. If you're in Christ, he's there everywhere. The Holy Spirit is omnipresent. There's a second attribute. Look at this one. The Holy Spirit is omniscient. He is omniscient, meaning the Holy Spirit knows all things. All things? Yes. Even those? Yep. All things. Look at what Paul writes. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. He says this. See it on the screen. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. See, just like there's some things that only you know about yourself, right? There's some things that only you tell yourself, that only you know about how you tick. Scripture says there's some things that only the Spirit of God knows about the character of God. That the Spirit knows God, but the Spirit not only knows God, but he knows about us. All things? Yep, all things. Which means the Spirit knows when you're stressed out. The Spirit knows when you're upset. The Spirit knows when you're at peace. Have you ever thought about, I wonder, I wonder if God knows or understands this about me? And the answer is, he does. He knows that thing about you because the Holy Spirit knows all things. Have you ever thought, I wonder if God knows that thought I thought? Or he knows that action I did. He does. Because he knows all things. The Holy Spirit is omniscient. There's one more. The third attribute is the Holy Spirit is omnipotent. He is omnipotent. What does that mean? That means he's got all power. All power resides in the Spirit. The same God who formed all of creation in six days and sat down to rest on the seventh the same God who called Jesus out of the tomb, the same God who put all the stars up last night, who held back the tide of all waters last night, is the same power that rests in the Holy Spirit because the Spirit is God. And Luke chapter 1 is a story that we read a whole lot at the end of the year, and it talks about how Mary became pregnant with the person, the baby of Jesus. And it happened in a unique way, if you remember. Look at Luke chapter 1, verse 35. It says this, The angel answered, speaking to Mary, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, 
and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. The power of God came over Mary through the Holy Spirit to create in her a baby that would be the Savior of the world. I believe she's the only person in history who got pregnant that way. But the Holy Spirit was the power in that moment. The Holy Spirit has power beyond our understanding, which means today, church, the Holy Spirit is stronger than any man-made government, any army, any nation. The Spirit is omnipotent. This means that in the moment where you don't know what to do, or you're overwhelmed, or you're weak, or you're weary, the same Spirit of Christ is available in you. Romans 8 verse 11. Love this verse. Look at it on the screen. Write it down. Highlight it in your Bible. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. Why? Because of his who? Because of his spirit who lives in you. You Don't miss this. The same spirit that was there on original resurrection morning that awakened the life of Jesus, that pushed back the stone and folded the grave clothes and said, he's back, that same spirit is available to you. He is omnipotent. He is powerful over all things. So again, let me ask you, why would we live any day not acknowledging and accessing the power of the everyday God in our life. See, the Spirit is omnipresent. He's everywhere. He's omniscient. He knows all things. And He's omnipotent. He holds all power. That's the character. That's the personality of the Spirit. So if that's who He is, then what does He do? If God created himself three in one, then clearly each of those individual people all unified in one trinity, they must have some certain functions and roles in our life, correct? They do, okay? And scripture begins to highlight some of those. I'm going to give you five. Listen to me. There's more, all right? But you don't want to be here till lunch, okay? So I'm going to give you five. You're going to write them down. We're going to learn together. We'll see more over the coming weeks. Here we go. Here's the first one. The Holy Spirit leads us. In God's ways. The Holy Spirit leads us in God's ways. In case you haven't realized, you and I don't wake up and on default always choose God's ways. We just don't. All right? We live in broken fleshly bodies in a broken world. We default towards us. So God says, they're going to need a guide. They're going to need a leader. And I'm going to give them the Holy Spirit to walk and be with them. Um, back on spring break of this year, my parents gifted my family a trip to Disney World. And as a part of one of our days at Disney World, we went on a ride where we had a guide who walked us through different parts of Disney World, told us about different things that were happening. And listen to me, I could have rode on that thing by myself and picked out a few things. But because I had a guide, there were things that I saw that I could not see on my own. There were things that I heard and understood that I could not have understood on my own because we had a God. The Holy Spirit is a guide to lead us in God's ways. He's a guide when we're confused. He's a guide when we're searching, when we don't know which way to go. 
little over 10 years ago, my wife Heather and I felt like God was calling us to launch a new church to reach people who are far from God. And if I'm just real with you today, straight up, it did not make logical sense in my mind. I was not down with it. It wasn't my idea. But the Holy Spirit then began to reveal to us, to show us in undeniable ways through his word, through his people, that this is what his spirit was leading us to do. And here we are. Hear me. The spirit is always ready to lead. The issue is typically our unwillingness to listen and follow. The Spirit is always able and ready to lead. In fact, Paul says this about the leading of the Spirit. Romans chapter 8, verse 14, it says, Those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. In other words, one of the ways that you do a little litmus test on am I a child of God, walking with God? Well, are you listening and walking with His Spirit? All right, Paul makes that clear. The Holy Spirit leads us in God's ways. Here we go. Number two, the Holy Spirit helps us with God's strength. The Holy Spirit will help us with God's strength. You, on our, you and I on our own are weak. No, not me. Yeah, you are. You're weak. You're too weak sometimes to fight off temptation and sin in your life. You lost some this week. You and I, on our own, we lack the knowledge to decide sometimes. You lack the strength to persevere. Your weak, your world, your work gets the best of you sometimes. We sometimes don't even know the words to pray for ourselves or for others. Therefore, we don't pray. And guess what God say, or God's word says? That the spirit then comes in. The spirit strengthens us with God's strength. Look at this verse, Romans 8, verse 26. In the same way, the spirit helps us in our weaknesses. He said, you're going to be weak. The spirit is strength. We don't even know what to pray for, but the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Scripture says the Spirit is with us in our weakness, and He helps us to pray when we are weak. So let me ask you this today. Are you weak? You overwhelmed by something of life? Chances are the answer is yes, whether you want to own it or not. And God says the everyday God who holds all omnipotent power is available to strengthen you with the strength of God in your weakness when you will lean on him. The Spirit strengthens us. He helps us with God's strength. Here's the third role of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit distributes God's gifts. The Holy Spirit distributes God's gifts. Scripture lays out for us that when we come to the knowledge of Jesus and we follow him with our life, that there are spiritual gifts that you receive in Christ. Scripture begins to lay these out. Watch how many times the Spirit is mentioned in these few verses. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. Here we go. Now to each one, the what? The manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there's given through the who? Through the Spirit, a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge. Has it come? By means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the who? Same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by who? By that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11, all these are the work of the one and the same what? Spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. And listen to me, we don't have time to break down all of these gifts right now, but what I want you to see in this moment is who distributes them. It's the Holy Spirit. You're saying that he's actively distributing gifts? I believe so. I believe if you're in Christ and the word is true, 
that the Spirit is doing that among us. The Holy Spirit distributes God's gift. Fourth role, here we go. The Holy Spirit inspires God's Word. The Holy Spirit, part of the role that he plays in your life and mine is the Holy Spirit, inspires God's Word. The Spirit and the Word work in unison. Don't miss that. The Spirit and the Word work in unison. I can't tell you the number of times I've been reading God's Word, and man, I come across a verse, and it just jumps out to me. Or I'm reading something I've read a dozen times before, but God makes it hit in a fresh way. It speaks to me to encourage me or to challenge me in my faith walk like it's the first time I've ever read it. Who's doing that? The Spirit. All right? Look at this verse from Scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, All Scripture is God-breathed. Well, who is a person of God? Three, Father, Son, and Spirit. All Scripture is God-breathed, and it does this in our life. Here's how it plays out. It's useful for teaching, rebuking. We don't always like that, but it does it. It corrects, and it trains in righteousness. The Spirit inspires and reveals the Word of God. Been a number of times across my years of doing this thing right here that I do where I communicate God's Word, and somebody comes up to me after the gathering, and they say, man, that Word spoke directly to me today. That was exactly what I needed to hear. And then they'll say this, how did you know what I needed to hear today? And I don't tell them, but this is what I'm thinking in my mind. I don't even remember your full name. Much less did I know what you needed to hear today, but the Spirit did. And the Spirit reveals and inspires the Word of God, and He applies it to your life. So today, if as you're hearing, you're going, man, God, I needed to know that. I needed to hear that. Thank you for teaching me. Guess who's actively at work right now? The Spirit. The Spirit inspires the Word of God, the infallible, eternal Word of God. And finally, here's the fifth and final role that we're going to talk about today. The Holy Spirit brings God's salvation. The Holy Spirit brings God's salvation. Part of what I get to do in the role that I play is I listen to hundreds and hundreds of life change stories of people who come to the saving knowledge of learning, man, faith in Jesus, want to follow Jesus with my life. And can I, just, can I just be real, just help us grow together today? There's a lot of those stories that I hear where it sounds a whole lot like they or we did the work. They made the change. They released the sin. They stopped the bad habit. They made the turnaround. But can I teach us a new nuance today that's so important in that moment? The Spirit brings salvation. Don't believe me? Let me show you some verses from Scripture. Titus chapter 3, verse 3. Look at it. At one time, we too... We were foolish, we were disobedient, we were deceived, we were enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. Does that sound like your kids? It's you too. That's the old life. But look at this. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy, he saved us through the what? Through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. One more, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the 
Holy Spirit. Salvation is the work of the Holy Spirit bringing that into our life, which guess what? You know what that means? You can't save yourself and you can't save anybody else. The Spirit brings salvation into our life. I had the blessing to be raised in a family and a household of faith where we were around the things of God. We were consistently a part of spiritual community with our church. Like we didn't miss no Sunday school or Bible school. We was there. Kool-Aid, kickball, and all of it. Scripture was a normal part of the conversation at my house. But around the time of nine years old in my life, God began to do something different in me. And listen to me, it wasn't the emotions of a church service. It wasn't the pressure of my friends or my family or because my parents told me this is what you should probably do. But it was God beginning to work the power of his spirit in my life to help me realize something wasn't right in my life. And the Holy Spirit began to lead me to understand it didn't matter how much church stuff I did. didn't matter how good my grades were at school. didn't matter how much I behaved that my life was still incomplete. And the Holy Spirit led me to admit my sin. The Holy Spirit revealed in me my need for a savior, a rescuer. And the Holy Spirit brought salvation to my life. And for the last almost 30 years, the Spirit has been my guide daily as I follow God. Now hear me, sometimes I hear him and sense him consistently because I'm listening. And sometimes his voice seems real soft and he seems kind of far away because I'm not listening as well, but he's always there. He's always there. Why? Because that's who he is. He is God with us. He is the every day, every moment God. And today, church, he wants you to understand and to experience the power of his presence in your life, that the Holy Spirit it's not just a power. He's not a karma. He's not a scary force. He's not a weird conversation that you had one time with a coworker. But he is God. And God is not a Sunday morning experience confined to an hour, but he's an everyday power and person and presence in your life. And today he wants you to begin to understand and to live and to acknowledge and to access the power of God through the person of the Holy Spirit in your life. Thanks for listening to this message from The Exchange. If you would like to talk to someone about your faith journey, you can contact us through our website, www.theexchange.cc, or by calling or texting 601-397-6111. Now let's go be the church.